on guard. Pray. Ale. Welcome to the Tokyo 2020 Fencing Podcast, episode 21. I'm Karim and joining me as ever, Dave. Uh, Dave, uh, welcome back to Europe. Uh, yeah, I think the question is how good a referee are you going to be for a, um, a Women's Epe World Cup after uh, eight flights in seven days? And I'll be able to tell you in about 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you've been uh, on a work extravaganza around Africa, haven't you? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, Joe Bergen, Cape Town via uh, northern Mozambique. So for my sins. Lovely stuff. Well, hopefully that's enough of an excuse for the delay on uh, this podcast coming out. Uh, that's that's why we uh, we are a little bit late this time. Uh, we're all about the Doha Epe Grand Prix, which happened uh, a couple of weekends ago. Uh, we'll start with the, the women's tournaments uh, going into the event. Of course, no teams at a Grand Prix, but the teams uh, that were in the provisional qualification spots were China, Poland, Russia and Italy as the top four. USA, Estonia, Korea as the zonal qualifiers. And then Ukraine picking up the berth left by no African nation being in a team qualification spot. Going into Doha as well in the individual standings, uh, Popescu and Vitaly picked up the European spots or were sitting in the European spots, I should say. Kong and Sato had the two Asian spots. Mulhausen had the Pan American spot and Bezbez held the African spot. Well, at the tournament itself, uh, Anna Maria Popescu was on fine form, dominating the tournament throughout. She took the gold medal from Mara Navaria of Italy and Tatiana Andriashina and Erica Kerpu picked up the bronze medals. Dave, uh, spoiler alert, nothing's changed in terms of uh, the qualification standings for the individuals. They stay as they were. Um, Popescu won it. She's looking very strong. Vitaly hit a T64, a round of 64, uh, allowing her teammate Candasami to close by three points. But there's not really a huge amount to talk about with the European zone. No, I mean, without the team changes, I think, as you say, we've, we've got a pretty good idea uh, of who, which individuals are in the in, in pole position um, without, without that team event. Uh, I think there's a there's a couple of things that we learnt though. Um, some of, of for uh, for fences that uh, would possibly qualify through the teams, um, and then some uh, um, other underlying results. Uh, so, I mean, for example, I thought uh, I mean Erica Kerpu had a fantastic result, didn't she, Bash? Yeah, she did. Yeah, it was a really good day for her making the bronze medal. Uh, and so I think we started the season um, not quite complaining about uh, how we'd get six Estonian fences into 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 one team and then even with their team out of the rankings uh, we thought maybe none of them would qualify and then so Erica Kerpu hasn't been fencing the team resu- team uh, matches and then beating uh, Shen Ling beating Yana Shemyakina from uh, Ukraine um, I think I, you know she's had a f- fantastic day beating some very uh, some very good fences. Well, Estonia is quite a good launching point to go into talking about Asia as well because. Uh... Yulia Believa uh, had a, a tough round of 64 match against Kong, who was sitting in that uh, Asian zonal spot. Uh, Believa winning there. So before we get into Asia, you were talking about six Estonians going into a team of four. It really is starting to shape up. They, all the Estonians seem to be coming good at the same time and at the right time. Yeah, I'd say probably the um, probably the only one I'm, I would be more disappointed by is uh, in Enbridge. In uh, so probably her individual results haven't quite stacked up um, uh, to to the others, but I mean, yeah, if you're looking at Kusk, Believa, 
um, Lahis, Kerpu. I mean, there's, it's such a strong, you know, set of fences. Uh, I just uh, and you know they say they had a very good result um, in the teams in in Havana, didn't they? So it's now starting to come good for for an Estonian team, um, and clearly um, uh, Erika Kerpu's put a mark down to say, well, actually, I should be in that team. Uh, having missed out, and I think as well, you'd say another example would be a great day for for Cat Holmes, who I think made the mm. sixteen bash, if I'm correct, um, and we're starting to get a little bit of pressure from uh, the ISIS Washington, starting to get a bit of pressure maybe from Cat um, uh, Nixon, uh, maybe Anna Van Brummen as well. Uh, so mm. yeah, it's a great great result for her uh, as as a counting you know result for their national rankings. Because uh, I mean, she's a wonderful team fencer. Yes, yeah, she is, and and she well, she made the eight actually in uh, in Doha, losing oh, right. to to Popescu. So it was a good day for her. Uh, but let's just quickly go back to um to Asia. Kong, as I said, went out in the sixty four to the Estonian Believa. Uh, Sato out in the sixty four, but also was teammate Yoshimura. So again, well, I've already said that nothing's really changed, but um, it it really is a status quo with the uh, with the Asian qualification. Uh, for the individuals, yeah, it's Sato just holding that that very very slender lead of half a point um, from Yoshimura for that, that second Asian spot, which I feel like is almost now a certainty uh, that will go to a Japanese fencer. I mean, they may use um, the other, you know, some zonal places to make up a team so they could all go, mm. but still, two very experienced fencers, um, regulars on the circuit. I mean, it's going to go down to the wire that one. Yes, we don't have wait, long to wait to find out uh, how it will change, though. Uh, the, in the African zone, Bez Bez uh, went into the tournament as uh, the leading African uh, through the individual rankings. She went out in the round of 64, but no challenges at all, really. No, that's um, an interesting one as well. Both um, uh, followed uh, followed Kong as well, going out in the uh, in the 64 as you know the sort of two leading fences in their zone, not being able to progress. Uh, she had a pretty good day in Havana. I mean, Sarah's a phenomenal fencer. Uh, she'll have she'll have good days. I think it's important for her to be able to stay inside the top sixteen in the world rankings, um, mm. just to make sure that she's not having a fence that first day. Uh, but oh, look, Sarah's going to come good. She's definitely at the Olympic Games. It's now just getting herself ready and and giving herself the best possible chance. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was it's even more relaxed for Mulhouse, and she didn't even turn up in Doha. No, I was trying to work out why. I sort of did the the usual googling and the and the and jumped on the social media feeds and and didn't have any uh, any luck. I've I've bumped into uh, her coach uh, Daniel Lavavasa already today, uh, so I'll I'll definitely raise it with him uh, at the competition why she wasn't there. But you know Doha's you know, expensive and difficult place to get to, and you know maybe felt like she didn't need it after a tough trip to Havana quite recently as well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, th- I think that's probably the reason, but it'd be interesting to uh, to find out. So we'll wait for the next uh, epi- episode to get an update from you, Dave. Uh, so just to, to summarise, uh, Popescu and Vitaly st- stay in the provisional European individual spots, Kong and Sato with the two Asian spots, Mulhausen with the Pan-American spot, and Bez Bez with the African spot. And Dave... Anna Maria Popescu, she's got to be almost out of reach mathematically now, isn't she? Yeah, it's pretty close. Won't be far away. Um, maybe I'll, I'll let you know on, um, I mean, it, it, I think it's pretty dependent on maybe two, three Africa, three AAE European teams staying inside the uh, the top four. Uh, but I'll tell you, I, 
I'd say it could be a reasonable chance on um, on Saturday that she's mathematically qualified. That's that's the way I'd put it. Well, we'll find out. And as a final uh, footnote, but an important one, uh, I think a lot of people would have seen um, the podium uh, videos from Doha for the women's individual, uh, where we saw Mara Navaria in floods of tears. Um, at the time when I was watching it, I thought, Crikey, is there something going on here? Did she have to win to get into the Italian team? Has she has she lost a team place? I thought that that just doesn't make any sense to me. And then we found out uh, a day or so later that just before she stepped onto the podium, she was given the news that her grandmother had passed away. So our sincere condolences to uh, Mara Navaria, her family and her friends for the loss of her grandmother. Yeah, it's terrible. She's had such bad luck at, at, um, at Doha. It was in... Um... It was in, um, I think it was the Doha GP in, in 2016, where her um, her Russian coach, Oleg Puzanov, um, had recently passed away. And, um, and you know, she, she won she won Doha, and, and clearly that was a very emotional event for her as well. It seems like um, she, she does very well, but under the most horrendous circumstances, I can't even imagine how you um, can pull yourself together for that. I mean, she's such a strong athlete. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, very, very sad uh, for anyone at any time, but... Um... Having a camera pointed in front of your face can't have been the most comfortable thing in the world, having uh, fenced so well to come second. So, like I say, our, our condolences and thoughts go out to her. Um, look, we have to come back to, to fencing, and uh, the women's epee uh, circuit uh, continues. We've given away a little bit of another spoiler here. Dave, where is the next women's epee competition? Well, I, I hope it's in Barcelona, because that's where <laughs> I am right now. Yeah, World Cup in Barcelona. But there's been other news as well. Uh, the coronavirus that's uh, originated in a state in China has started to cause some uh, cause some issues with all sports. Uh, it's affected the world indoor athletics, uh, which has been postponed by a whole year. Uh, and uh, in the last 24 hours, Shanghai have... Uh, cancelled all events uh, until further notice in terms of sport, uh, which does actually have an effect on uh, one of our Grand Prix. But uh, it's also had an effect on one of the EPE tournaments and, and no less than the, the, the last Olympic qualifier, Dave. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I was supposed to be in uh, Chengdu, which is not um, it's not in uh, uh, not in Wuhan. It's in uh, uh, Chengdu's in, in Sichuan province. And so, you know, thousand kilometers away nearly but um no they've uh, i mean you can see the response from the from china they've they've basically closed the nation which is probably quite prudent given the scale of the uh scale of the disease so instead of uh flying out and seeing some pandas in changdu uh, in a, in in five weeks we are going back to tashkent in uzbekistan they hosted junior world championships. I want to say 2016, Bash, but I'm not confident about that. No, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, even though I was there. Um, yeah, no, it's, they, they, they did a great job, actually. It was fantastic, that event. And the city as well is awesome. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, I think it's, uh, again, uh, my, I've only done a recent amount of Googling since Kevin got a, a, an email from the FIE pretty recently. But it's, I, th- I believe it's a Silk Road town and lots of markets and bazaars. And, and yeah, so I'm quite looking forward to it. And it's my first time, so... Yeah, I strongly recommend you get to uh, the the main market in the centre of town. It really is something quite special, and it, it, it 
it feels like you're, you've gone back in time, old spice markets and fruit markets, and there's clothing fantastic. and beautiful crockery. It's amazing. Oh, fantastic! Looking forward to it, and uh, and you know, actually, to be honest, lucky enough to be at the um, at the at the last event of the season, and and actually found out I'll be at the Asian uh, Zonal Qualifier as well for the uh, final individual place as well. So we'll be able to give you some live updates. Cracking! Looking forward to your report from there. Absolutely. We move on now to uh, the men's tournament uh, in Doha. Um, we went into the tournament with France, Switzerland, Italy and Ukraine holding the four automatic team spots with Hungary, China, USA and Egypt holding the provisional zonal team spots. The individual standings saw Bida and Zavrotniak holding the European places, Park and Yamada with the Asian places, Lamada Gascon with the Pan-American place and Elcord with the African spot. A little bit more to talk about here, uh, Dave. Uh, the Sergei Bida won the tournament from uh, Alex Bardenay uh, of France, who actually seems to to, to love uh, the uh, big tournaments. Uh, he's, he gets some good results at the biggies. Uh, Masaru Yamada and Andrea Santarelli picked up the bronze medals. So let's start with Europe and uh, the winner from Doha. Uh, winning gives... Uh, Beater an even bigger lead, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's fantastic. And without the the Russian team, uh, with them outside the qualification point of view, he moves to number one in the FIA rankings and number one in my ranking. Um, he is uh, miles away, literally miles away. Yeah, so looking good for Sergey Beater. Um, it wasn't such a great day for Zavrotniak, having done so well in the previous tournament. He went out in the round of 64, but uh, to rub salt in the wound, uh, one of his European rivals had a brilliant day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we were all just waiting for it, weren't we, for, for Baz for Ireland to step up. Uh, we've always been talking, we've been to, all season we've been talking about Baz, um, sort of as a bit of the understudy. Tristan Tulin probably getting the better better of him early on i'd say and you're thinking oh is he even the best dutch fencer um mm. and i'd say probably turns out absolutely he is um and and had a had a blinder um and and you know if anyone that knows baz or, or seen him uh he's you know just you know been in the sport a while he's no spring chicken but he's an absolute monster and you know to, and beat you know didn't didn't get an easy draw having to beat nikita glaskov from russia in the 64 and Ptolemy harry in the 32 yeah. Uh, I'm just looking up who he beat. Uh, then again, yeah, Kodos. I mean, Kodos in the 16. I mean, these are guys that have been on the circuit nearly as long as Baz. Um, yeah. That's a tough draw in, you know, and he was running out of time. Uh, and this is why we keep saying is that the Grand Prix are so important because one good result suddenly puts you in, co- in pole position to qualify for the Olympic Games. And Baz has absolutely pulled it out of the bag. It's great. Yeah, brilliant result for him. Uh, I think Zavrotniak uh, would have been delighted that he'd got himself into that position, but uh, he probably was still looking over his shoulder, and uh, and that's why. And like you say, the Grand Prix with uh, so many more points it really do make a big difference. Uh, so Vivian moves into the second European zonal spot. Uh, so let's go on to Asia. Uh, Park, as I said, and Yamada went into the tournament holding... Uh, the Asian spots. Park went out in the round of 16. I, I just want to just just stick on this point for one second because t- a, t- a 16 at Grand Prix is a great result. No, there's no doubt about that. But it's yep. who he lost to that is makes it more interesting. The returning Daniel Geron from France, who was suspended or banned for a year, he's looking like he could 
be making a massive bid for the French team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was the talk of uh, that was the talk of the World Cup in in Paris um, last season. Also, the the, the the last World Cup of the season and Jérôme back or coming back. And uh, I'd say if I was uh, Roman Canon, I'd be I'd be a little nervous to be honest because you know mm. he's done well in the team, but Jérôme's a monster. And if you beat uh, Park Seng Yong fifteen ten, he doesn't doesn't. That's pretty comprehensive. Um, uh, yeah, it's great to see Jerome back. He's a phenomenal fencer. Nice guy as well. So it's um, uh, good, good for the French team to have some options, I'd say. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see uh, who is in the team lineup for the next World Cup. Uh, but Park uh, made the 16 and Yamato was in the other Asian spot and he made the semifinals. And those were the two best Asian results as far as I can see. Uh, so those two Asian yeah. spots are... You know they're both they've extended their lead over their rivals. Yeah, uh, you know it's I, I put it down to Gav fencing podcast Gav. You know it's hashtag pray for Minobi. That's what I'd say. Just not <laughs> quite getting the results. You know, and I and uh, yeah, Yamada's Yamada's by far the best fencer. Just just all season he's just done it. It's, it's phenomenal. I mean, how would you know? I mean, Minobi was world number one about this time last year, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean. I mean, I, I would put it down now. I would put, I would put a couple of a couple of euros on the table that Minobe will be at the Olympic Games. He is an absolute celebrity, and he could win. I mean, he's got that caliber, but I don't think he's going to qualify directly. That's for sure. So, you think that the Japanese team will use at least two of their host nation spots to to make up a men's epee team? I would bet. I would. I would. Yes. I, I would have a huge amount of, of confidence on that, for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I, knew, and I think it would be a great shame if Minobe wasn't there. And Koki Kano as well. I mean, he, he's yeah. another uh, interesting one. So do, do, you, do, you, do you marry Yamada up with Minobe and Kano? Or does Yuama get the uh, spot because he's ahead in, in the rankings? Yeah, this is... I don't know how you fit that in. Decide, decide which three best... Uh, Fence has got a chance an individual and then make your make your team decision on the day. I mean, you could just use that sub team substitution for the first match. You don't necessarily have to. Um just because they fence the team doesn't mean they have to fence the individual. Uh but yeah, that that's gonna be that's gonna be really interesting. That's for sure. It's a real head scratcher. Do they use three spots or do they just take the two and, and someone misses out? A real, real head scratcher. Yeah, I think they'll take the two. I mean they'll take the extra two. Like if you're gonna use one, you might as well use another one and get your team. Oh, of course, yes. I think the interesting one, though, as well, just um, just completely off off topic, was um in the top sixteen was uh, a Belgian fencer, and not one that I'd come across before. A young lad called Nessa Laloya, and Nessa Laloya is the son of Nelson Laloya, who fenced, I think, in the Sydney Olympic Games for Cuba, and I think they won the team bronze medal in Sydney. So there's a bit of a pedigree. So clearly, um, they've made it to Belgium out of out of Cuba. Um, so that could be one to watch, one to watch at the, uh, European, um, uh, playoff spots, because I can imagine a last 16 and a GP for a Belgian fencer probably puts him at the top of the Belgian rankings if I was, you know, guessing. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I'd say one, one to watch out there. Uh, and there's a couple, a couple of good results as well. Beat some pretty handy fences. Yeah, interesting stuff. Well, look, the Asian situation uh, was winding all the way around this, but we'll come back to our, our, uh, 
are scheduled the Asian uh, spots stay the same park and Yamada. Uh, for Africa, Husamel Cord uh, from Morocco out in the pools, but no African fencer into the round of 64, so no real change there either. No, I uh, didn't see anything from El Sagir, didn't... Um... Didn't see anything from El Sayed either from the two Egyptian, sort of the strongest Egyptian fences. If they stay in the, if the, it's really just a question is do Egypt stay in the, um, in the top 16? And I think, you know, El Cord's probably going to qualify either way. Uh, so we round off with a uh, Pan American place, uh, Lamada Gascon, he of, uh, already with an Olympic medal. He went out in the round of 64, but again, no Pan American challenges. No, there's no one around really. I mean, just um just another Limado. Um much younger. Jesus Limado, mm. much younger Limado. Um no, there's no one around. Um it's not like that they're bad. I mean I'd look at say Rodriguez, for example, out of Colombia is a fantastic fencer. Um and you know, has, has had, you know, some deep tableau results on occasion, but no one else is getting that consistent results like Ruben Lamado does. And as you say, he's twenty twelve Olympic champion, so uh yeah. Quite used to being at the pointy end of the tableau. Yeah, it's uh, interesting times. So, uh, summary of the situation: in Madagascar holds the uh, Pan American spot. Elcord holds the African spot. Park and Yamada stay uh, with the two Asian spots. Bida, well, he's running away with things at the top for for Europe, but it's Basvavine who's overtaken Radoslav Zavrotniak, the Dutch uh, fencer, is holding now the second European spot. So, where next for the men's EPS, Dave? Uh, yeah, so they are presumably uh, doing the final bit of training and weapons check in Vancouver as we speak. Yeah, the Vancouver World Cup is on 7th to 9th of February. Uh, that's this weekend, starting tomorrow, in fact. Uh, so I suppose that final uh, word from us, thank you to all our supporters and uh, followers on Facebook, Instagram and all over the place. Uh, Dave, we haven't had many questions recently. I think we better usher up some questions from our audience uh, for the, the next couple of podcasts. Yeah, I think I'll probably uh, shortly put something up on, uh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, uh, maybe get a Reddit thread going as well. Just uh, especially I think now we're getting into that um, or in, well, after this weekend as well, we'll have uh, the weapons in teams that uh, we'll, we'll know the different um, options that there can be. So it's going to be real uh, scenario driven and then then what happens after that. So. I'll be bugging you for some questions, I think. Yeah, we really are getting into the business end of things. So uh, please do send us your questions because we'd love to uh, interact with you and give you um, our thoughts on the answers. Uh, but as always, thank you very much to you, Dave, for joining us. Good luck uh, refereeing at the Barcelona World Cup. I hope you have fun. And thanks to all of you for listening. Thank you.